Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to episode number five. Before we begin today's episode, I want to let you know that if you're listening to this in August or September 2020, then you have the opportunity to enter the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast launch prize giveaway. Now, if you're not driving, pause the podcast right now and go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast launch and follow the instructions to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. I would be so very, very grateful because you'll be helping this podcast show up in the Apple podcast search results for more people. And of course, I would also really like to hear what you think of the show and you could win a coaching certificate gift card. It will only take you a couple of minutes So pause now and go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast launch and follow the step-by-step process of how to enter and then pop back and join me for the rest of the show. So today I'm talking to you about when you feel conflicted over food choices. I'm going to explain why you feel conflicted, explain why you may find you frequently make choices in the moment that you later regret. And I'm going to give you some strategies for how to avoid feeling conflicted about your food choices and some strategies for what to do if confliction, if that's even a word, still shows up for you. And of course, feeling conflicted shows up for us all the time. Take today, for example, I'm recording this podcast at 5am in the morning. By the way, I can't believe how quickly the light early mornings have passed. It's already dark when I wake up and we're still in August. Good job that autumn is my favourite season. I'm an early riser. I genuinely love getting up early when the house is quiet and still and using that time to do some self-coaching, have a lovely cup of coffee and get some things achieved early in the day. And yet sometimes, just like I did this morning, I feel compelled to stay in bed, to wallow in my comfy duvet, usually mindlessly scrolling Facebook and my news apps. This morning I felt conflicted between scrolling social media on my phone whilst I stayed in bed and getting up and starting my day so that I could record this podcast while everyone else is still asleep in the house. I've already discovered it's my best chance of not having background noises. Anyhow, my reasons for feeling conflicted about getting out of bed this morning are essentially the same as when we feel conflicted between ordering what we want versus what we think is healthiest or less calorific or the right thing, and I'm saying that in air quotes, to have in a restaurant. Feeling conflicted arises when we must choose between what we want now over what we want most, our pleasure in the moment over long-term well-being, or choosing discomfort now over discomfort later. At 4.30 this morning, I would have preferred to stay in bed, but what I wanted most was to get this podcast recorded so that it could be edited in plenty of time to be available to you on my Friday drop date. The part of us that wants what we want most in the moment is controlled by our primal brain, and the part of us that wants what we want most in the long term is controlled by our higher executive thinking human brain, hence the conflict. Two different parts of our brain literally biologically programmed to pull us in two different directions. 
Our lower brain is wired for This is our primal brain. This is the part of our brain that we share with other animal species. This part of the brain is responsible for driving us to seek out pleasure, avoid pain, and expend minimal energy. In the moment, staying in bed is certainly more pleasurable than getting up and starting my day, and it requires less energy. Fortunately, however, part of what makes us humans, well, human, is our higher executive thinking brain. This part of my brain knows that lying in bed isn't going to get this podcast recorded. This part of my brain can think beyond the present moment and see the slightly bigger picture. And exactly the same thing is happening for you when you're choosing between maybe a pre-prepared sandwich or making the salad at lunchtime or a fruit salad or brownie as your after dessert of choice. And that's because of the motivational triad, which consists of three basic human motivations. Seek pleasure, avoid pain, and expend minimal effort and energy. It's part of our animalistic programming, and it helps us survive as a species, but it's not useful if we want to thrive. Your primal brain will always prioritize what is preferable in the moment based on the motivational triad. It's wired to help you survive, and a sandwich is less effort. It takes less energy to make than a salad. Or at least that's what your brain tells you. And the chocolate brownie is certainly more pleasurable, according to your brain, than the fruit salad. And why is that? Why is it that the foods we want most generally are not the foods that are healthiest or the foods that are going to get us to our weight goals? It's because the foods that we tend to want most in the moment usually contain some form of refined food product. It could be refined sugar, refined flour, or refined fat, or alcohol. In the case of the brownie, it's three refined foods, refined sugar, flour, and fat. And the reason we like refined foods is because they are essentially concentrated. So of course we need to eat to survive, so our brain, our primal brain, is programmed to motivate us to eat. And we are motivated to eat because eating gives us pleasure. When we eat small amounts of dopamine, the chemical neurotransmitter that makes us feel good, are released in our brain. In fact, we get dopamine released just before we eat and when we actually eat. If we're eating naturally occurring vegetables or eggs or some chicken, a small amount of dopamine is released and it feels a little bit good. But when you take parts of food and refine them and then eat them, it causes a larger amount of dopamine to be released. And so we get more pleasure from eating them. The problem is our primal brain thinks that the more pleasure we're getting from eating a particular food, the more of it we should eat. It literally thinks that food must be very important to our survival, or refined foods even more important. And the more we eat those refined foods, the more we want them, and the more of them we need because when we keep producing lots of dopamine, our dopamine receptors get desensitized, and so we then need more of that food to get the same amount of pleasure from it than we did before. So that's why you want to eat the cakes, chocolate, biscuits, crisps, dessert over having a piece of fruit. You are literally programmed to desire those foods more. So you may be wondering why the conflict then? Why then are you not gorging yourself on those foods and instead you are feeling conflicted? And that's because of your human higher executive thinking brain. This part of your brain knows very well that eating refined foods is going to cause you a problem in the long term, whether that's a physical health problem or the disappointment of not getting to your weight goal or being unhappy because you can't fit into your favorite genes. I like to think of my higher human executive thinking brain as the mother and the primal brain as the toddler or teenager. Toddlers and teenagers tend to only be focused on the present moment when they want something. 
they don't naturally have the capacity to understand the long-term impact of what it is that they want or their actions. The mother, on the other hand, usually has greater insight into a situation and can see what the consequences will be, whether that's climbing on furniture in the case of the toddler or not revising in the case of a teenager. It's also known that the feeling of being conflicted is created by thoughts that you are thinking. If you haven't already listened to episode two where I talk about the mindset model, it's worth checking out. Just to recap quickly, the model is a framework that we can use to help us understand why things are happening in our life. It explains how the thoughts you think about a circumstance or event in your life create feelings that lead you to do or not do things that will determine outcomes in your life. So if you're feeling conflicted, that goes in the feelings line in the model. What's really helpful to see is your thoughts that are creating the feeling of conflict for you. Oftentimes, we're not aware of our own thinking, but taking time to become aware can really help us. So of course, my thoughts about feeling conflicted about staying or not staying in bed this morning were thoughts like, it's so comfy here. I'll get up in a few minutes. I'll just finish checking out this news thread. I should really get up and get going before everyone else starts to wake up. I'll regret it if I don't get up now. It's still dark outside. Autumn's on its way. It's harder to get up when it's dark in the morning. And of course, I could go on and on and on. And of course, I wasn't even aware of these thoughts. I was just noticing that I felt torn between staying in bed and getting up. I just noticed that I was feeling conflicted. So if you recognize that you sometimes feel conflicted around deciding over what to eat or other things in your life, what can you do about it? Well, willpower is not the answer. I spent years trying to outwill my way through feeling conflicted over my food choices, and it felt terrible because I always lost eventually. I might have managed to stick to a diet for a few days, occasionally a few weeks, but I would always eventually give in to my primal brain's motivations. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I just thought I was weak-willed or incapable. I thought that there was something wrong with me because I was so greedy or so out of control. And I would feel terrible about myself and ended up eating just more and more. So if willpower is not the answer, what is? Well, the answer lies in having strategies to hack your brain. And I'm going to talk you through five ways that you can do that right now. So number one hack is to plan what you will eat at least 24 hours in advance. When you are planning what you will eat, you're engaging the higher human executive thinking part of your brain. Remember, your primal brain isn't capable of planning. So when you engage that higher part of your brain, it's much easier to weigh up the pros and cons of what you will eat and see the consequences. When you engage your executive thinking, you can see the bigger picture. You can see that you are eating out three times this week and you know that if you have pasta or chips or dessert at each meal, you'll likely gain weight. But you can ascertain that you will choose the salad and no desserts for the first two meals and then maybe enjoy an ice cream for your dessert at your favorite restaurant on Saturday night, for example. Can you see how this would be preferable to making the decision in the moment as you go throughout your week when you can only sort of using your primal brain that's not thinking about other meals that you have later? If I'm going out for a meal, I will look at the menu online earlier in the week or the day before and choose what I'm going to have. Then when I get to the restaurant, I don't need to look at the menu again. I don't need to involve my primal brain in making that decision at all. And it makes things so much easier. It's all very well planning and only eating what we planned, but in the moment. But when our friend orders dessert and we haven't planned on having one, we may very well feel the conflict coming back. 
we're conflicted between having what we planned and what our primal brain has suddenly decided to tell us we should have now that we're here and the opportunity for dessert has presented itself. And so hack number two is to tell yourself, and what I mean by that really is to tell your primal brain, that if you really want whatever the dessert is or whatever the food is or the drink is, you can plan to have it tomorrow or another day. So for example, say that I plan my restaurant meal without dessert and then my friend orders banoffee pie. And my brain tells me you can't not have banoffee pie. Banoffee pie is your favourite. So I essentially talk back to my brain and say, it's my choice to not have banoffee pie this evening. And if banoffee pie is that important to me, I can choose to come back to this restaurant and have it when I planned it, or I can choose to buy some banoffee pie from the supermarket tomorrow. And what I find is that I'm essentially pacifying or consoling my primal brain. I'm telling it that it's not banoffee pie now or never. I'm reminding it that it's my choice not to have banoffee pie. And I'm reminding it that it doesn't need to feel deprived about me not having banoffee pie, because I can, if I really want it, choose to have banoffee pie whenever I want, whenever I plan for it. Brain hack number three is to call upon the wisdom of your future self. This is a good one to use as a party, where maybe there's a buffet, where you may be continually offered tempting foods. It works best if you spend a little time planning before you go to the party. And what you want to do is think about how you would show up at that party if you had already lost your weight, if you had already created a relationship with food and yourself that you love. Imagine how you would be thinking about the food. What would you be feeling? What would make the party a great outcome for you? Create the answers to those questions that you like and then practice thinking and feeling that way about the party in advance. So, for example, You may want to imagine your future self feeling amazing, loving what you're wearing and being skilled at enjoying the party for the opportunity to connect with friends more than the opportunity to drink and eat. Then you literally imagine yourself being there, not overeating and feeling great about it. The more you practice being the person you want to be at the party before you get there, the easier it will be to step into becoming her when you arrive. It's literally like rehearsing for a part in a play. Strategy number four is to have a backup plan. So imagine you've planned how you want to be thinking and feeling about food at the party and you've imagined yourself politely declining some of the foods being offered to you. But you've not tried this technique before and so maybe you don't quite trust yourself yet. This is when you need a backup plan. And this could be something like having some things you want to remember scribbled on a post-it note in your bag or back pocket that you promise yourself you will look at before you eat. Or it could be a plan to say you need to make a phone call and you step out and listen to a little pep talk message that you've recorded for yourself earlier that's on your phone. Get creative as you think about backup plans that you can create for yourself. Strategy number five is to learn from your mistakes. So most of the learning that you do along the way to creating a relationship with food and yourself that you love comes from not getting it quite right. That's how we learn from our mistakes. And it's only by having a go at this work and having it not work for us that we can figure out what does. So the most important thing is when it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you learn from it. And not in a judgmental way, but in a way fueled by curiosity and compassion. A way that is like having your own back and being your own best friend to yourself. A way that is committed to figuring out what you can tweak and try differently next time. This is the only way to change lifetime habits. By continually assessing what's working, what's not, what you're learning, and figuring out what you will do differently next time. And when you're doing the self analysis, I suggest you start with your thoughts. 
Ask yourself, what was I thinking in the moment? What were all the reasons that I wanted to eat whatever it was you were eating? And what were the reasons that I didn't want to eat it? So if it was that my banoffee pie, it may be something like, banoffee pie is my favorite. They do lovely desserts at this restaurant. It's not fair that my friends can eat desserts and be slim. I worked hard today. I deserve a treat. I can be extra good tomorrow. But I promised myself I wouldn't have dessert. I'll regret it if I have dessert. But I'll be good the rest of the week. I plan dessert on Saturday. I can just have it today instead. And of course, on and on and on. Get all of your thoughts down on paper, then start to look at them. Are they true? Is your brain telling you the truth or a version of the truth? Then think about how you want to think about banoffee pie in the future. So, in summary then, the five brain hacks to help you in situations where you feel conflicted over whether to choose pleasure in the moment or over long-term well-being are Number one, plan what you will eat, at least the day before, and not just what you're eating at home on a weekday, but what you will eat if you're out having lunch when shopping and socialising with friends on the weekend. Number two is to always remind your primal brain that it's your choice. There's nothing you can't have and that you can choose to have whatever you want tomorrow or at another planned time. Number three is to call upon the wisdom of your future self, the one who's already got this food thing sussed and consider what she would do in the situation. And if you struggle to visualise a version of yourself that's got it sussed, Think about a close friend who eats the way that you would like to be eating and think about what she would do. How would she be thinking about this? Number four is to have a backup plan. Notes in your back pocket or a recording on your phone of things you want to remind yourself of that maybe your primal brain cannot access in the moment when it's motivating you to eat. Number five is to always be curious and compassionate when things don't go to plan and focus on what you can learn from it and think about how you can tweak what you do next time. In fact, it's just as important to see what worked when things do go right than it is to see what didn't when they go wrong, because you want to be aware of what worked for you so that you can use that strategy again. And whether you're assessing what did work or what didn't, remember to examine your thoughts. And that's what I have for you today. I would love to know how you get on with these strategies. So visit the podcast page on my website and leave a comment. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast. And don't forget to let me know what you think of the show and get entered into the prize draw for those coaching gift certificate prizes. Remember, go to the www.thebestyou.coach forward slash podcast launch for all the details. And if you would like to have a feel of what it's like getting taught and coached by me, why not sign up for one of my free masterclasses? To register to attend for one of these, go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash resources. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls, and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month lose weight, live life, group coaching, mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.